Welcome everyone to POV Crypto, the only podcast that both Bitcoiners and Ethereans listen to. I'm David Hoffman, here with my buddy Christian. Christian, how you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, this is a great 4th of July weekend. It's July 5th right now, and uh, we just had a really fun rip with Colin. It was a while since we got him on the show, and it's always fun to have him. We have, we, we have, all three of us have good chemistry. This is a weird show. I was like defending and agreeing with David a lot, although, of course, getting in my... Uh, my sucker punches in too, so <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that, I, I do enjoy it when you uh, when you side with me. Um, I mean, it means that uh, you you and I are are thinking the same things about at least a few things. So that's always good. Um, Colin's always a fun person to have on on POV Crypto. He's a good fit, uh, and I think we should just do this on a semi regular basis. Um, I do like having three people as well. Uh, I, I, and we mentioned this on on the podcast, but like I feel like Brandon Quidden would also be a good like third co-host semi-regular unofficial co-host just like colin kind of is more or less uh i'd like to experiment with that model before we get into that let's talk about our sponsor alto ira uh you guys know how it goes alto is a ira provider that lets you have a lot of different alternative assets inside of a tax beneficiary account an ira account or a roth ira account they have a partnership with coinbase so you can trade on Coinbase, you can hold Bitcoin and other crypto on Coinbase and get all of the benefits of being inside of an IRA with Alto IRA. Check out Alto IRA at altoira.com backslash POV crypto. Make sure to use our backslash POV crypto because that's how we get paid and it's important that they know we sent you there. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get right into the interview with Colin Harper. People were just doing stuff. Yeah, like there wasn't a, there wasn't any coherency to it. Yeah, for uh, sure. like maybe there were other times where like there were actually planned protests or planned events, but like from what I saw, uh, it was just people doing stuff. Should I right. do the intro? Yeah, so I just turned this on. Uh, everyone, cool. David was just talking about his experiences walking through Chaz before they 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 closed it down. Um, Chaz is over. Yeah. Uh, Colin Harper, welcome to POV Crypto, man. How's it going? Going good, CK. Uh, glad to be back on. What's up, David? Uh, What's up, glad, glad to be back on with you guys. It's been a minute. Uh, digging the new logo. Gotta say, it was it was it was time for time for a, a nice nice, nice sparkly new face for POV. But it looks good. Glad to see that y'all are still trucking with the show. It's good content. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We should just have you on as like a regular guest every now and then. Like you, Brandon Quidham, probably Matt O'Dell too. Dude, I, I've been, I've been just loving Brandon's like mushroom tweets. I, I, yeah. just, I, I just fuck with it so hard. <laughs> every time that dude comes out with a random mushroom tweet, I just, I always learn something new. Uh-huh. Great. If you're watching uh-huh. this, Brandon, thanks for the content, man. Love it. Ah, good, good content. Mr. Mushroom, man. I love how that he's just fully embodied just the whole Bitcoin mushroom, man. And I, yeah, I seriously. You got you to gotta have something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to go foraging with Brandon. That's, that's the Oh, goal. yeah? Yeah. Yeah, are, are, are y'all planning, is that part of the Yellowstone excursion? Or? No, there's nothing locked in place yet, but... Okay, so you, you're trying to, go, try, trying to go foraging for some mushrooms? Yeah, that would be awesome. Apparently, that. Brandon does it a lot, and he... He like leads groups to forage, and then like they have like a big part, like dinner party afterwards when they cook all their findings. Uh, that's I'm down. Awesome. I want to do that. That's so. That's pretty. That's pretty gnarly. Has he ever cooked one and eaten one that he wasn't supposed to? Has that ever happened? You gotta ask him. 
it's it's okay. overdue to have Brandon on the show anyway, so yeah, definitely for sure. We, we can we can ask him. Y'all can have the show topic be if if, if Bitcoin is the mycelium of money. What is what is Ethereum? Yeah, I've actually, and I I have wanted to get Brandon back on to talk about like the organic side of like yeah. Ethereum because that, that's that's Brandon's deal, right? He like he likes to have organic metaphors, and I love that as well. Uh, and so like a while ago, I wrote that that piece. Ethereum is like an emergent structure, which is like less less further away from something like organic like mycelium but in closer to something like a, a crystalline structure that grows mm-hmm. on its own it, like it's not alive but it's also not dead and it does and and so i was trying to like tap into to that energy uh i think was that he, the, i think he read it was that the one with the like vaporwave landscape for the header image i use that one a lot but no that one was the money game landscape which okay. i have some pretty fucking dope plans with that image by the way uh okay. i'll, I'll uh, I, won't, I won't tease it here, but actually I will tease it here. It totally has to do with fucking 50 tokens inside of Uniswap and it's totally going to pump uh, for a, a, a t-shirt that looks like that. So it's going to be great. Well, speaking of a bunch of tokens, I don't want to hijack the show, but you got me talking, you, talking about organic and inorganic growth and compounds just on the tip of my tongue because I need you to tell me, David, if there's anything mm-hmm. I'm missing but the fact that you have dudes like Tony Shen going on like Twitter and literally saying you can earn 100% interest, which is I understand is actually dependent on the compound price. So like, of course, the interest when it was in a huge bubble, it was going to be crazy. And I know that you've been pretty critical of compound on Twitter. So I just, I don't know. I have. I've, I've seen you like at least be skeptical. I don't know. Like basically saying that those 100% returns aren't sustainable. I don't know. Maybe you didn't say something like that. I recall a, a comment. I don't know. Twitter uh, uh, CK is laughing at that. <laughs> um, so CK, hop in before I before I take it. Oh no! I mean, I I don't have much to add. I'm curious to to dig into this it conversation. Sound, it sounds like a Ponzi, man. That and Curve both sound like Ponzi's. Especially well, with Curve. how does that I'm sound sorry. like? A, how is it a Ponzi? I don't see how. Okay, that well, falls. first of all, for Curve, I want to know. Where okay, so if I wrap my Bitcoin into the three different tokens that they have for that, first of all, why do you need three different ones? And I'm going to ask a couple of questions, and you can just answer them in tow. Mm-hmm. Why do you need three tokens? Also, where like liquidity for the like the yield farming, the tokens I'm getting in return are just ERC twenties that they just printed, right? So it's like like where's the where's the liquidity coming from on the other end? Am I borrowing that from someone? Okay. Let's let's take a step back and, and take these one by one. Uh, Curve is a is a like for like token exchange that's very much like Uniswap, but with a different curve that doesn't uh, that allows for less slippage to happen, and so it pushes out the sli- slippage away from the extremes. So the way Uniswap works is there's A token and B token, and you rebalance it. And Curve works too, but the the curve of the automated market maker algorithm is flatter in the middle. So it's more, um, it's good for swapping stable coins, like going USDC to, to die to whatever, because they're all roughly the same price. And so that's really curve is like Uniswap, but with a more advantageous, uh, algorithm for trading like for like tokens. And this works for Bitcoin as well, because Bitcoin has three different tokenized versions of it on Ethereum. There's WBTC, REN BTC, and uh, synthetic SBTC? BTC, SBTC, yeah. right. And then also one day TBTC will hopefully be the fourth. And so 
when you supply your tokens into Curve, you're supplying one of these many different stable coins or, or tokenized versions of Bitcoin. And what Curve does is it deposits it into Compound in the background. So you are getting the yield on Compound. And then it's Compound gives out these uh, uh, IOUs, which are a claim on what you've deposited into Compound called C tokens, Compound tokens, which are interest-bearing versions of those tokens. And so Curve is like a Uniswap that's layered on top of Compound's C tokens. So you get the interest rate for Compound, what you get from Compound, because you're lending your assets into Compound. Can I choose what And then you also get the exchange fee that people use the Curve exchange for as well. So you get both of those two things. Okay. Can I get whatever token I want to? Like if I'm yield farming, can I choose Mm -hmm. which token that is supported on Curve to get that token back? Like what tokens am I receiving? Like, Like what's the yield? Yeah, so you can choose which tokens you want to quote-unquote yield farm with. Some tokens are better than others because Compound, the way that the protocol works, is just it gives out certain comp per day for both borrowers and lenders of the various tokens, and different tokens have different rates, right? So if you are a true yield farmer, you go and you check Mr. Market every single morning and see what, what rates are certain crops giving you, right? Like different crops will produce different yields for a certain amount of time. Uh, and so, um, so that, so yeah, you, you can do any asset, but like if you lend out USDC, you're not going to get as much comp tokens as if you lend out like WBTC or bat for some fucking reason. This sounds, I gotta be hard on you, David, but I love you, man. Hit me. I love you. I'm ready for it. This, this sounds ridiculous and sounds just as complicated as mainstream finance, if not more complicated. And like when you talk, when you try to talk to your uh, we try to tell your grandmother how derivatives work mm-hmm. or how like, you know, collateralized debt obligations work or any of those things, mm-hmm. or just any person who's not immersed in finance, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. And it's really difficult to understand. And it actually benefits the financial sector that most people don't understand it. Um, this sounds like just, you know, sounds like traditional finance, you know, you you're just, you're, you're just creating new debt and then leveraging that debt to create more debt, to trade that debt and arbitrage between debts. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely unsustainable. That's for sure. Uh, no, that's definitely right. Uh, first off, you don't need to understand what's going on here to, to be used using compound compound is just a basic borrowing and lending protocol. And since comp has been issued as rewards for people, both supplying and borrowing, there's more liquidity inside a compound. Like okay. The so assets, wait, we- Oh, sorry. You said it's unsustainable. Uh-huh. So, wait, what's your, what's your position on all of this? Uh, it is really cool and bullish. We need to find a better system. No, no. This is the system. This is this is fantastic. It just needs to cool off. <laughs> okay. Well, what yeah. needs to cool off? Because people are going to use mm-hmm. the system the way it's designed. I don't right. know yeah. what the cool off period well, is. They're, right? gonna, well, so they're, they're not going to issue needs- tokens into perpetuity either. Theoretically. Right. Well, they could. They could. Governance could elect to, to do that. Uh, so what, what needs to cool, cool off is like the comp, comp is either really overvalued or the rest of Ethereum is really undervalued. One of the two, probably a little bit of both, um, but largely comp is overvalued. And so like the incentives to do all this fucking crazy thing by like going and taking a, a take borrowing and then lending it back out and then borrowing it and then lending it back out. 
like that's going to cool off because the price of the token comp, of the comp token is going to come down, which is the where that you get the incentive to do this. If if comp token is zero dollars, then no one's incentivized to do this. And everyone's going to unwind. Also, people are going to find out that there's risk involved because like that hundred APR reflects fucking risk. Like it doesn't reflect a hundred APR. It reflects a lot of risk. You get that hundred percent APR for that. Uh, and so like people are going to get wrecked and some people have people got wrecked supplying and borrowing stable coins who were trying to not get wrecked. And so they chose stable coins to be their asset. So it doesn't, so the price volatility happen, doesn't impact them. So they don't have that risk, but people were fucking new to this and they got liquidated anyways because of the accruing uh, stability or uh, um, interest payment fees that pushed them above their threshold. And so once they accrued enough fees, they were got liquidated because that's what happens. Uh, and so like people, people are just learning about how to do this and how to do this the right way. And, and since then, like liquidity farming has like kind of tapered off. Like it's, we aren't there, the returns that you're getting that are, are today are not the same as they, as they were earlier. It was kind of just like this early flash in the pan and it's slowly starting to come down and settle to some sort of a mean, which is a mean that is much higher than it ever was before this whole system. And, and what I'm talking about is like, there's more assets inside a compound as in, for those people that aren't involved with borrowing and lending and all this yield farming, whatever, Compound is just a better protocol now. Like there's more assets on both sides and there's just more activity going on in both ways. Like Compound went from like $100 million worth of assets deposited into it into $600 million deposits. I actually want to talk about that next, about okay. DEX growth. Yeah. Because I think Coindesk came out with a report recently. Mm-hmm. I need Compound's to not a DEX. Well, oh, well, regardless... It can, um, it, it can kind of, you can get, another, you can borrow an asset, but you aren't bar, bar, uh, okay. trading or s- selling them. Um, well, it was something, it was either about, I think it, maybe it was DEX volume, but it was saying mm-hmm. how DEX volume has been surging. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm actually going to try to find, let me see if I can find the report really quickly. because Yeah, wanna... specifically the automated market maker models, as in like Uniswap and Curve and and balancer these these those, those three applications had over 60 percent of all volume um from on-chain dexes in like the last quarter or month one of the two so it's it's this is and the reason why those are cool is because it's peer to contract not peer to peer things like zero x or radar relay or oasis are order books and peer-to-peer trading uh, and what the automated market maker system is, it's it's peer to contract. And so the contract is always available for you. And that's why these th- systems can scale so well. Um, and also Balancer is also issuing the BAL token for liquidity mining. So it's also helping. Yeah, that's right. You, you, you had it. My automated market makers up more than 170%. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a statistic um, or something related to that um let me see it, it it basically made me think that like yes while volume is up that doesn't necessarily mean that user uh you know mm-hmm. user accounts are up or like new users are coming in mm-hmm. i mean well, what's what's the danger that a lot of this uh, compound curve all of these kind of you know DeFi applications or open finance as you kind of coined the term i don't know if you coined that but i know you're big on it um you know uh, what's the danger that you're just kind of creating a kind of wash trading scenario where you just have a handful of whales that just keep, you know, passing funds back and forth and taking out loans with each other. Yeah. I, I totally think that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> and I, I think I, I can't remember where I saw this stat, but the, 
the volumes that have gone through DEXs have, has been increasing to be larger and larger volumes, less and less from like smaller individual retail people. Um, so, okay. Like I, I hope Ethereum isn't just like a whale chain in the future. I hope it's like something that it's open for everyone. Part of that is po- probably gas fees, right? So gas fees have been super fucking high for the last three weeks. And so like, people that were doing all of this liquidity mining, like they were like doing the, their, all their shenanigans and then withdrawing comp token from their, from their yields cost $10. Right. And so mm. that was insane. Like you're, that you're just eating into your profits if you're a small guy. Um, and so I, that's why Ethereum L2s really need to get their ass into gear because like little guys are getting priced out. Like this, just like just like Bitcoin, the base the base layer is going to be like money. Uh, the money the moneyization is happening to the base layer. Like small small fries are getting pushed out. Um, however, they're like Uniswap has already been experimenting with L two functionality. Um, so that that's great. Like zero fees and instant trading. Um, but but to answer your question, uh, which is uh, is this just like a bunch of the same few people like passing around money? The answer is probably yes, but also that's just like what is going to fucking happen in like a bear market, right? Like we're still in a bear market. Like we we don't have new users. Like we're we're still waiting for like the next Bitcoin has new users. Yeah, Bitcoin does have new users. (laughs) Bitcoin has new users. (laughs) Um, If I could add anything here, like I definitely understand both sides of the token, though. So like. I get the the argument that like more liquidity is on the network, therefore it's more usable anyways. Like I definitely see there's like a gravity to what's happening in DeFi, and I'm not sure how sustainable issuing governance tokens is to liquidity mine. But um, for some of these protocols there that already had some community around them and like success, um, it definitely seems to work. Um, but on the flip side. You know, I think the argument against DeFi in general is that there's a very niche group of people that might appreciate this, but um, there's very little mass appeal to the average person. And, you know, as you see more whales come on board, they price out uh, people from on-chain. There's nothing to replace on-chain right now. So we'll see. We'll see how that continues to develop. I would agree. Yeah. And there's all, all of DeFi apps what they really, what we hope for them to be is just like infrastructure for later, right? They are the roads, not the cars, right? So like when I mint 50 tokens to sell this t-shirt that I'm going to do, like that's a car, but I'm using the roads of, of Uniswap and that's about it um, to, to do this. But the, and, and compound is, is more these roads, like all these DeFi applications are roads. And so like now really what's missing are, on Ethereum are the cars. Like instead of just the whales that are driving around their big ass RVs from spot to spot in circles, like we need new cars on the road. Um, we just need more use cases. I don't know. I, I feel like that's actually not true. I feel like there's not an, there's already not enough room for all the use cases and the use cases are going to start getting crowded out, which is, I don't know, it's either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on what your goals are. I actually think if I can jump in, I think more use cases is a detriment. Like if anything, Bitcoin has taught us that you don't really need a bunch of use cases. Mm-hmm. Like, what's Bitcoin's killer use case? Like, non-national money, non-national monetary system. Buying and holding is the use case. Like, and you know, some people say that, well, that's a shitty use case and it's not going to be adopted if that's the case. But I don't know, man. 11 years on, we're at 9K. So 
I mean, I think that, yeah, the use cases aren't the problem. This stuff is just too complicated for people to use. And like, I don't know why they would. And I also don't know why Bitcoiners would use it either. Right. Like, like who's wrapping their Bitcoin to take out shitty loans for, for, for shit coins, not, not Bitcoiners. I can well, tell you that. I, well, well, I, I think that that's actually a very viable use of DeFi is to have a non-taxable event on your Bitcoin, get your Bitcoin over to DeFi pull out like if you maybe you are a whale and you you are trying to access that liquidity in, inside the value of your bitcoins but you don't want to sell it and have a taxable event you can take that over to defi and get a loan on that That's okay and i guess you could okay but you and you can take out stable coins as a loan right mm -hmm. okay all right I'll, i'm going to back that up a little bit actually mm -hmm. because i like tokens are one thing but a stable coin like with actual liquidity and circulating supply like usdc mm -hmm. which i know is probably the most popular one on these systems. Okay, I can see why Tether's coming in too. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah, it is, isn't it? Okay, Tether well, yeah, that actually now. does. That actually does kind of change the game. I yeah. guess, like, so I guess my problem with some of these things, I personally wouldn't do that. But I guess what you're also saying is, David, is like just kind of wait and see how these things evolve, because mm -hmm. eventually you might have enough liquidity and you might have enough actors on there where you don't really, you're not too worried about uh, wrapping some Bitcoin to take out USDC. Again, not for me personally, but some people might want to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I would say that I'm definitely kind of like an ether apologist um, when it comes to Bitcoiners, <laughs> although that's not saying that much. Uh, but I could definitely see, like, I'll, like, as a Bitcoiner, like, I'll allow it. I don't think that, like, this is bad for Bitcoin in any means. Like, I think that this stuff <laughs> emerging. Your stamp of approval. Yeah, but, you know, whatever. It's optionality, right? And mm -hmm. does that mean Ethereum is a great investment? That still remains to be proven. Um, is this bad for Bitcoin? Uh, I think probably not. It's optionality for Bitcoiners. And if you want to use BISC, if you want to use Uniswap, if you want to use something else, like, all this infrastructure is getting built up. But it does, just to throw it out there, like, I'm not sure what the details with RenBTC are. TBTC hasn't really happened. WBTC, which seems to be the most popular, is pretty much custodial. Like, the custodial mm -hmm. aspect is equivalent to a custodial exchange, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so yeah. you, you got to keep that into account. But did, did any of the other proposals like TBTC or NBTC, do they kind of dis like, do they disintermediate that custodianship? Yeah. Well, TBTC is not live, but what's up with Ren? I, I don't know how Ren works, but from what I've been advertised to, what's been advertised to me is that it is a non-custodial trustless bridge. Um, it's just got like a token as an intermediary that you pay fees to. Uh, you know, I'm not too sure. th there there are always uh, trade offs that are not discussed in the the DeFi pitch. But I'd be down to get mm -hmm. I'd be down to get a Ren B uh, person on yeah. to to figure it out. Well, yeah. even if it's but the pitch never has like, the trade offs in, in included. Yeah, even if it's something federated, almost like a like if it's like a federated sidechain type deal, like 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 RSK or Liquid, mm -hmm. like that would even be better. But I, I don't know. I'm gonna be honest, I don't know anything about these DeFi applications. So, I mean, I would have to say that Ethereum is probably a better sidechain than either Liquid or 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 RSK. Like it, it has everything to do with network Tough. effects. Has everything to do Tough. with network Tough. effects. So maybe the other stuff is more Bitcoin forward, but in terms of network effects of the L2, like the other ones are kind what, of like, worthless okay, right so now. For RSK, if you're comparing it to RSK, hundred percent agree with you. Like, I would just rather use Ethereum. If we're talking about Liquid, though, people forget that Liquid's stated function out the gate 
was was literally just as like a a a faster way for people for exchanges to trade bitcoin right to to, to send bitcoin to each other so that so that traders can send it more quickly so that the exchanges can you know uh you know get their liquidity to each other faster all that kind of shit like it's really a exchange to exchange payment rail more than anything mm-hmm. but like, i don't the, know there's anything no network about, effect so right, right i know but i guess what i'm saying is like li- like while liquid theoretically could do smart smart contracts like they don't care to do that like the whole point about using liquid is is so that exchanges have a faster and easier way to transfer value and so like you don't really need the network effects because it's just going to be an inter inter exchange market you don't even have the network effects Um, amongst the exchanges really what's up you don't even have the inter exchange network effects but you but you do do you know how many partners liquid has like it's like it's like ripple partners they're testing yeah i guess my point is allow liquid yet they're a partner. My my point my whole point is though liquid is not like this like liquid is not a side chain in the like liquid is not a smart contract side chain first. It's a liquidity side chain. So it's just like comparing it to Ethereum to me is just kind of like saying lightning is like liquid. They're just two different things. They they, they well, serve I, I could totally see a world where the world of tokenized Bitcoin on Ethereum starts to get better and stronger. And just like how Tether migrated from Omni to Ethereum you could have inter-exchange transactions be in tokenized versions of Bitcoin. On but why would well, they do but that? So that the thing is, th- I don't think Ethereum actually solves that use case because yeah. Ethereum, at least until Ethereum changes, uh, right now it's not like a faster means of inter-exchange uh, trading yeah, assets. Right. It's not like yeah, a better multi-sig for exchanges. Liquid and speaking is of that, I actually... And speaking of like uh, layer two and things like that, not to just always put you on the hot seat, David, but I just have to ask you the hard Ethereum questions. Mm-hmm. Just like, I don't know, you do that. That's the whole point. But yeah, and you no, that's the point. Know what you're talking about, but um, like, so we're not like, I, I don't know what's going on with Plasma. As far as I know, Plasma's not Plasma's really. Dead. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, so I mean, so go did actually now. go live of all fucking things to go live, so that plasma is up and running and, and tether is on it. So guess it's, I guess it's not dead, but like <laughs> okay, a, but as like, an innovation, we've moved on to other things. Yeah, and so I guess that's my question: is like with ETH two still kind of in the ether, no pun intended, and just kind of like not up in the air, but a lot of mm-hmm. questions surrounding it, especially as as it relates to token migration to what the, the ETH two point uh, you know uh, consensus uh, mm-hmm. you know rule change is going to look like. Uh, how, how do they even have an idea of what layer two would look like on this new blockchain? Like, as I mean, far we, we as have I an can idea tell, of what layer two is going to look like now. Well, but I'm talking about for ETH 2.0 because they're not going to make, mm-hmm. I mean, unless it's backwards compatible, which I don't see how it would be. Like, you have to start planning for a layer two on ETH 2.0. If you're planning for a layer two on ETH 1.0, that's why would you do that? Like, it's what's called the, Lightning what's Network. Ah. Yeah, so the all of the L2s that are currently being developed for ETH 1X are going to be able to be applied to Ethereum 2.0. For sure. Okay, so they are backwards compatible. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Showing my ignorance. Again, I'm so out of yeah. the loop with Ethereum stuff. Theoretically. That's why I ask you these things. For both. Yeah. And if ever. I mean, there, there's a, a bunch of different uh, L2 specs. Like, yep. So like Loopering has one, Scale has theirs. Um, 
uh, just there's like a, any flavor of roll up depending on, on what you want it to, to, to do. Um, and so the, the and especially now, now that gas fees are so bad on Ethereum and, and so sustainably bad, it's like we're actually starting to see these like, yeah, what happened to the, the, the yeah. Ethereum's shitting on Bitcoiners for high for high block space fees? I don't, I don't do that. And I, don't, I know you I don't, don't really think that the Ethereum I'm asking that, you to defend your brethren. What happened? I don't, no, that's not I don't good. think the, yeah, I don't think yeah, it's the right. Ethereans these days are, are doing that anymore. You're right. You're right, CK. Sorry. Um, here's something interesting. Can you, can you look up or what, what's your knowledge of volume of Ether being moved? Because I know that a lot of fees are being moved, are being used to move Tether and other ERC-20s around. I'm curious, like, how much gas is being burned to move Ether around? Um, just Ether? I, yeah, just specifically Ether. I, d- I don't know where I would find that information. Maybe if coin, you could find coin, it anywhere, it would be CoinMetrics. Coin yeah, I'm on, I'm on CoinMetrics. Like, they've done really it before, niche. but I'm pretty sure that's, like, a state-of-the-network thing. Like, they did one a while back, like, when Tether was really popping off on Ethereum. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they have, like, you know... A feed where you can just go look at that. So the reason yeah. I bring it up is like thinking of Ether as a monetary unit. Like I can understand why people are optimistic about fees going up on Ethereum, the blockchain, and arguably, you know, you bring this up a lot. You know, Bitcoiner lens versus Ethereum lens. You know, the Ethereum lens is we want the blockchain to be as useful as possible. So Tether generating a lot of fees essentially proves that idea, right? Uh, Tether is is useful mm-hmm. in ethereum and the ethereum network enables tether to be useful um and therefore a lot of fees are being generated um on the flip side though the bitcoiner perspective would be like you want your asset to actually you know monetize like you want people to mentally start understanding what a guay is um start kind of wrapping their mind around you know store of value in guay um medium of exchange and or unit of account in in guay and I think that's where maybe Ethereum doesn't have it as much as Bitcoin because all of Bitcoin's volume on Bitcoin is Bitcoin, which, you know, right now, if you were probably if you were to compare that to the, you know, I guess fees paid to move Ether or Gwei around, mm-hmm. um, it, it's not as much. So, I mean, not to say that that can't change, but I think there is a distinction there in terms of like establishing the monetization of uh, a thing. Yeah, that's definitely a, a subject matter that I don't think we've really actually poked at yet on on POV crypto. Where, um, so yeah, you're 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 totally right. Like the Bitcoin blockchain is meant to serve BTC, the asset, and so like Bitcoiners in the Bitcoin system is incentivized to put the moneyness of the asset prime. Like everyone should be knowing this. Like that's that's the whole deal. Like it should be marketed. Where Ethereum Ether is supposed to serve the network and all the economic activity on the network. And also the way that Ethereum is designed or set up or, you know, uh, orchestrated in Ethereum, especially in Ethereum 2.0, is that it actually does a very good job operating in the background. And there's going to be a lot of use cases of Ethereum that it would be ideal for that use case to not have to expose its users to Ether, right? And there's even this, uh, even these uh, wallets. Um, so in Ethereum, there's you have like your private key, which man- manages a wallet, and then you can have a contract wallet, which is called like an externally owned account. So it's a wallet that is owned by a different wallet, and then the, that wallet can have logic in it that any creator of that wallet wants to put in there. So you can put Dai in there, and then transact Dai without having Ether in it. 
because the ether, the gas is paid for by a different wallet. So like a central operator. And so like some use cases of Ethereum have ether just totally abstracted away and pushed behind the curtains. Uh, and that's a and that's a great value prop. It's like you can use these de- decentralized financial technologies, stable coins, crypto dollars, you know, uh, DEXs, trade your fucking item that you found in your video game because it's a token on Ethereum and you do it through Uniswap and you don't need gas to do that. But all the value accrual of Ether is still happening in the background anyways because of the fees being paid to stakers, because of the burning based on transaction fees. Um and yeah, I mean, those are big ones. Um, and so like the, the money, the value that comes into Ether comes out of its utility, but it, you don't need, the Ethereum doesn't need to like put it in your face in order to make it meme itself into existence. But so, I mean, but that Ether as money, I guess in the Ether economy or the Ethereum blockchain economy. Yeah, maybe. I don't really like the ETH as money thing, but I'm just saying or, or like X is money. Oh, interesting. Please, please elaborate on yeah. that. That ETH is money. That you don't like the ETH is money, and like I like, I like hearing you say that. Uh-huh. All I'm trying to but say like, is that for something to be money, it needs to have monetary properties, and mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. like okay, even if Ethereum enables all this stuff on Ether, is that going to make it like address that market? Like I don't know, and it, like does, how does that impact the the investment thesis? But that, that's all I want to say there. If you want to get into mm-hmm. your take on ethos money, then go for it. Yeah, I think just money, the concept of money is like skeuomorphic. I think it's backwards. Uh, I think we are in like a post money type of system with these. Like there is, there are many monies on Ethereum. There's Bitcoin, there's crypto dollars, there's Ether itself. Uh, then, then there's relevant payment tokens for specific applications, which can be either in the back or the foreground. Uh, and so like money is just like what you choose it to be nowadays. And so like the ETH is money, the ETH is money meme is just like a statement planting of the flag saying that ether is valuable, which honestly it wasn't, was not just directed at Bitcoiners, but also directed at largely at the internal Ethereum community, because there wasn't consensus around whether ether needed to have value within Ethereum. Like Vlad Zamfir famously doesn't, is a very anti ETH is money crowd and he thinks that ether won't be valuable and, and ethereum just needs it to be you know five to ten dollars in order to run which i think is just absolutely insane so part of that whole eth is money movement came out of a need to understand and appreciate that ether needs to be valuable but i don't see eth as money in the same way that like medium exchange unit of account blah 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 i don't really see that i see it as eth is valuable like and could be really valuable because it's like a share of the ethereum system and so whatever eth is money that the symbolism behind the eth is money really is meant to say like eth is valuable and that's really important is there any analogy that you do like for eth or for like the ethereum Equity. blockchain i've seen digital real estate i know oil is another big one like I've always been a fan of ETH, ETH, Ether's equity when I okay. wrote an article titled that. Yeah, I remember that one. That one mm-hmm. makes most sense to me with the way that you specifically describe the network. Mm-hmm. Um, just like in terms of like you're owning share in something. I yeah, don't know. You're, it's like owning a share. It's like a, you have a stake in the network, which is literally what staking is. Do, do you think... And I just want to kind of tease this analogy out and I'm not like doing this to dunk on Ethereum. I'm just legitimately interested in this. Mm -hmm. Like the idea of ETH is like a shareholding asset. 
Um, do you think that kind of is in line with its found founding? You know, like it had co-founders. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it had, it was bankrolled by by Diorio and Lubin. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, Hodgkinson and 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 Vitalik did I assume most of the comp sci stuff, but and some other people were involved, obviously. But you know, um, it had it had financing and it mm-hmm. had uh, founders and it had it even had equity early in the day for mm-hmm. the you know for what they the founders fund. So um, and I'm just thinking about that contrasting with like something like Bitcoin, where it's just you know it's created. Here you go, open source project. You guys just do whatever you want with it. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll be worth something one day. Yeah. So this is kind of where I get into trouble, where people don't like the term equity because it it resembles like equity of a company, right? where I'm kind of just very, I'm using equity in a very expansive way. Ether does not give you governance rights over Ethereum because there are no, there is no governance over Ethereum. It's just rough, rough consensus. And then at one point it'll just die. Hopefully Uh, Ether is just a share in the, in the upside. It's, it's a exposure to upside of, of the Ethereum economy. And so to that measure, to that degree, it is equity in Ethereum. It's upside exposure to the economy, but it's not governance over it. Right. Well, it's like the so way you super buy important a stock. distinction. It's like the way you buy a stock as a retail investor, regard like you yeah. know, not every not every uh, stock comes with shareholders' rights, mm-hmm. and not every shareholder has shareholders' rights, depending mm-hmm. on what the stock is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and in but, fact, on Ethereum, no one has shareholders' <laughs> yeah, rights. That's true. Right. That's true. Um, I mean, maybe except I mean, for maybe it seems the like there's a few early people and then people kind of like in inner circle that do have some sort of shareholders rights some sort of well, escalated only in the access. sense that like the community puts weight behind those people so like may okay so like maybe delegates their votes through the concept of like reputation i guess and so like when vitalik says hey we're gonna fork the chain to include this eip i'm like sure Sounds fucking great. I trust Yeah, and you. I think that that, so that's actually a good point. It is legitimacy that's ceded to the founders, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. But that, that founders can also, and other people. There's a yeah, lot of other people, people working but, on, on E2, but yeah, the, there but, are individuals that do have sort of, you know, mm-hmm. extra Well, yeah, and what David leverage. was saying, like one of those specifically being Vitalik obviously carries a lot of weight. And I, almost, I actually think personally that's part of the danger of having a known founder. Mm-hmm. right is that like they do kind of become like their 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 word kind of does become gospel when it's said mm-hmm. immediately right and like everyone trusts them to know what to do with their creation um now sure you could say like bitcoin had a bunch of developers now and in the early days though now there are more of them that basically mm-hmm. said hey this should be done um but you didn't have anyone with the weight of a founder making those making those claims yeah. Yeah, but that's also why I, I really don't see, understand why people don't uh, appreciate this to the degree that I do. And that is that Vitalik is so fucking transparent. Like, I, I mean, unless he's like a master level con artist with a great fucking hob- background hobby in acting, like the kid is just wants to build something that is really useful and he wears that on his shoulder. So like, I, I would trust Trump Vitalik with my private keys because like, A, he's fucking rich and doesn't need him anyways. But the point is, is like, he's just, he's a trustful dude. And you can just look at, you can look at any, uh, anyone with any ounce of character judgment can look at Vitalik and be like, yeah, he has the best interests of Ethereum at heart. And what he's focused on are, is how to generate systems that are fucking fair. That's the whole point of Ethereum is allowing a platform to come into existence that allows for fairness. 
uncapturable, uncorrupted protocols that are live on Ethereum, which is itself a protocol. That's a nice story, and uh, definitely, I think, a valiant effort. Um, we'll see if it actually happens, and definitely don't give anyone your private keys, please. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, he, here's where I'll kind of side with David again. I feel like I'm doing that a lot this episode. But, yeah, wait, this is weird. Um, What's going on? <laughs> I think I, he feels like, I, I don't know, you have Bitcoiners on other times, maybe... Well, no, but, like, I just think that, like, what David is clearly articulating is that Ether is, it's really more about the network of Ethereum and that platform more than it is about creating a money network, and therefore it's, Mm -hmm. unless money becomes completely obsoleted, which I don't think is going to happen, so this post-money thing I don't agree with at all, Mm -hmm. but, uh, so, I mean, really what he's saying is that Ether is not really going after the same market as Bitcoin and Bitcoins are different. And Mm -hmm. I mean, with that mentality, I feel like you should look at it as a additive to the crypto ecosystem rather than necessarily a competitor to Bitcoin. Like it's not going after sound money. It's not going under after the new monetary standard of the world. It's going after something completely different, acting different. And I mean, that is good or bad. I don't know. We'll see. Probably probably not bad. The cool thing about Ethereum is like what, what and what I meant by like post money or or being in a post money society. May, maybe that doesn't really communicate what it what I meant meant it to. But whatever money society uses, whatever version of money that we want, it will be found on Ethereum, right? That's the that's the idea. It's like monies can come and go. If Ethereum is a good platform. Yeah, if Ethereum is a good platform. Uh, and so like we're seeing a bunch of crypto dollars flood onto Ethereum. We're seeing a bunch of uh, tokenized Bitcoin flood onto Ethereum. Like whatever money society wants, well, it'll be found on Ethereum, which makes Ether like this meta money. So like maybe that's the thing that I started rallying is like Ether is meta money. That doesn't mean um, it's a good investment though. That's still to be determined. That's the, whole, that's the whole crux of all these does. arguments is what's a good investment. So well, yeah, one thing, and one thing I will say mm-hmm. kind of building on that though, um, like right now for, for cryptocurrencies writ large, I see three emerging use cases or like three like narratives that that are, are, are vying for attention. Bitcoin obviously is the first narrative. It was always the first narrative. It will always mm-hmm. be the most important narrative in cryptocurrency as far as I'm concerned. Um, you have stable coins, which are another kind of narrative. Um, cool in their own right. In my opinion, Tether is the only one that's super interesting because it's actually the only one that can be theoretically censorship resistant. And then you have what Ethereum is trying to do. Uh, we'll talk. We'll all unpack that in a second, CK. I'll tell you why. Why I say that. Yeah, um, I would like uh, that as well. Uh, the, and then Ethereum. And then there's Ethereum, which is the first smart contract platform trying to do what you're saying about create an open financial system uh, where anyone can be a stakeholder by buying ETH and doing whatever you can do on Ethereum. Um, yeah. So to, to 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 find some common ground with you here too, David. I mean, you know my my stance on Ethereum. I'm a hardcore Bitcoiner. I don't own any ETH personally, um, but uh, you know, I, I uh, if any of them are going to do it, it's going to be Ethereum. You know, like all the other smart contract platforms are a joke compared to it. <laughs> it's fucking, they're awful. And, and, and honestly, I will actually put my foot down here when some people try to troll Ethereum and talk about like. Like, yes, I understand the arguments that, oh, how is Ethereum? Or I understand their argument when they say Ethereum is no different than Toronto, different than Cardano, but I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think I agree with it um, just because it doesn't have the same 
it really doesn't have the same organic community structure um, that Ethereum has. It's all about uh, networks. It is all about Period. networks. All about community. Um, but, but, community but Christian, the reason, the reason I said Tether is the most censorship resistant uh, censorship resistant um, crypto or a stable coin is because I'm pretty sure every other stable coin has a backdoor. Like if you go to their terms of service, like USDC has an emergency like shut off. Tether doesn't have that. I'm pretty sure they do. No. Yeah. I, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does not. Do they? I don't not. think they. I don't think they do. That's bad. And, and the other thing that's cool about Tether now too is it's on multiple networks. Yeah. So even yeah, if is it though? I I don't know. There maybe there's some nuance. I well, Paulo was on the show at CTO of Tether, and he talked about he thinks that's a benefit. I mean, theoretically, that's why they got on Ethereum in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so see what I you're saying. It, like, yes, the majority. It's like eighty. Mentality. It's like what eighty percent. Yeah, and and, and apparently Justin Sun just like bribed their Tron, the Tether presence on Tron. Like I mean, that's they, not. They don't organic. care. They'll take his money to put it on there. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, like it's don't. not it's not going there organically. It's not going there because of demand. Oh yeah, no, and you know. Yeah, I, maybe I, I, maybe Tron competes with Liquid. No, don't say that. Please don't say that, Christian. Uh, I, no. That's a weird sentence. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Christian's just out here. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm skeptical <laughs> on Liquid right now. Okay, why? Okay, uh, let's unpack that a little bit. Is is it is it Grubles shilling it all, all the time? Hang on, hang on. Let, let's stick on this. This let's stick on the stablecoin topic. Okay, sorry. What, yeah, why is right. why is Dai not in your beloved spot? Oh, why is Dai not in my beloved spot? I, yeah, it's funny. I didn't even exclude it on purposefully. Um, man, I just don't know about that peg, dude. Like, it's just I don't. Un- I just part of the reason why is I just don't understand how it works. I mean, mm-hmm. I understand basically how it works, mm-hmm. but like, if you ask me to get into the finer points of like, oh, well, why is the stability rate going up? What do we mm-hmm. need to do to get it down? Like, I couldn't tell you. Um, okay. And, and for me, it's just like seeing what happened. I mean, what's the stability rate right now? Isn't it like fifteen to twenty percent? No, dude, it's one quarter of one percent. Is it one quarter? What 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 happened when it like what happened when it went up a while back? There's no like, monster still, right? Yeah, like yeah. So like it got up to its highest twenty point five percent right over over a year ago, and it, oh, and it corrected though. But I guess yeah. I also yeah, but I also remember all of those like uh, what was that uh, forced liquidation thing. Mm. Yeah, you know, so during like, during like Black Thursday, uh, right. the the Ethereum network was just in fucking insanely right. congestion, and somebody was able to buy. Uh, yes, somebody, I people this. people's vaults were underwater, right. and so they were able to yeah. be. They were liquidated. able to be liquidated. I remember talking to you. About and this. somebody bought. Somebody liquidated them yeah. by buying I their guess, collateral for zero die. Hey, I by guess the way, um, I'm pretty sure that. There's a bunch of devs who use what they learned from watching that happen to figure out an attack on the Lightning Network. That's pretty critical. Wow. Yeah, because you can Wait, theoretically you do the exact about, same stuff. Yeah. Well, so like theoretically, like imagine Bitcoin's network is super, super blocked, and then you, like, it, I think I guess the idea is a bunch of nodes connect to a routing node, and then those all those nodes attack the routing node at the same time. And uh, their time lock times out before their, tra- their the you know the penalty transaction can right. get confirmed on the blockchain, and then they steal the funds, um, which is very similar to this attack uh, in MakerDAO. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, but, but but going sorry, the learnings never making, end. It doesn't. I, I want to finish making this uh, or answering your question though, David, um, about die. 
uh, I think the reason why I didn't include it is it's like, if the benefit of a stable coin to me is getting a stable, literally a, 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 you know, a stable value for my cryptocurrency, then I don't care if I'm going through an intermediary, like, or if there's an intermediary that issues it like tether when I already see, uh, <laughs> yeah. And like, Christian showing me right now, he hasn't earned any interest at all on any of his die. Yeah. And also, so my, but my point is it's Since like Black the benefits of the, like, there are no benefits to dies decentralization to me when like there are already flaws that can be exploited. And also for me, like if I buy tether and I put it in my wallet, cool. I own that tether. And like, mm-hmm. there aren't any intermediaries at that point. Like if I buy it from an exchange, even if it's centralized and I can get it from a DEX now, you know, I'm not actually having to interact with Tether. If it's already mm-hmm. circulating, then there's not really a middleman for me in the first place. So it just doesn't. Well, bother. I mean, you can buy Dai that same way too. Like Dai's already circulating. Yeah, but but I'm not sure Dai's going to keep its peg. Like Dai's peg fluctuates a lot more wildly than Tether's does, mm-hmm. and I guess mm-hmm. that's why. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, and yeah, I don't know that whole stuff. The the 25 percent whatever that just freaked me out. And you know, I guess. Well, the, that's only for vault holders like that if you just buy and hold die you that doesn't mean sure. anything oh to yeah you. i know yeah yeah and so um, but yeah okay so i guess to your point if i'm just using die yeah i mean i mean i have nothing against it uh, right so like th- this is why i think and dies lost and die and maker dow has kind of lost a little bit of mind share lately and it's largely because like usdc they have that blacklist whitelist function and they've never used it right and tether is not really threatened by any nation state at the moment however if we do think that like states are always trending towards authoritarianism and there's this future battle between digital nations like bitcoin and ethereum and nation states like the united states and the rest of the world like china like the tether tethers ain't being anchored into the real world is a huge attack surface and usdc is just basically fed coin and so that's a huge attack service. So DAI is like the, the one big protected stable coin that is outside of the purview of a nation state. Okay. Yeah, that's, that, 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 that's, a, that's a good argument. Um, I was going to say what happens if they try to tell Tether to stop circulating it. And they, I mean, what I was going to say is if Tether is already on chain, does it matter if they get like, you know, subpoenaed or, or like, uh, if if the state uh, if something impacts something. the redeemability of tether, but yeah, exactly. As I was going to say, it obviously does because. Mm-hmm. But okay, but but then point. there's also an interesting argument. If enough people believe in tether at that point, and they're willing well, to ultimately, whales can redeem tether for dollars. That's yeah. true. So if that this is, is not available, that's going to really affect tether. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um. Uh, here, guys, one sec. I need to I need to go tell my girlfriend to go pick up our takeout. Hang on. Babe. In that case, I'm going to move this plant outside. What none of them talked about is how David's argument is great for Bitcoin. Sats the standard, baby. Sats to the fucking moon. Sorry about that. We're uh, eating ramen and watching Mad Max Fury Road tonight. Sounds like a great Sunday night. How's your 4th of July, by the way? It was it was pretty it was pretty low key. I just uh, I didn't shoot any fireworks this year because I'm in city limits and I just didn't want to have to put up with that. Um, di- didn't shoot any illegal fireworks. Didn't stop most uh, but, of America. Yeah, dude, they were popping off all over my neighborhood last night. Um, but uh, 
yeah some of my friends came over and we just uh did a D campaign that we've been playing oh, for God. the past like all right that's, that's horrible oh get Deplorable. out of here christian have some imagination bud <laughs> Yo, so uh, we're we're about to hit the hour mark. I want to. So for those of you in the audience who don't know, Colin and I met because we both worked at uh, Bitcoin Magazine together for quite a while. Um, Colin and Bitcoin Magazine, I think, mutually went in different directions. I'm curious, man. Like, how's life after Bitcoin Magazine? What's new with you? Uh, what do you want to share about uh, as I lay hodling? So it's, uh, it's been pretty good, man. Um, it's been low key. Uh, I've been writing for Decrypt and uh, I got signed on to Forbes Crypto as one of their contributors. Um, both have been great opportunities. I really enjoy. Uh, I really enjoy uh, my editor at Decrypt, Guillermo Jimenez. Shout out to him. Um, I also like writing for Forbes because it's it's very hands off and I can write about whatever I want. Actually, David helped me with one of my first pieces. It was on personal tokens. Yeah. A hit piece. Um, yeah. Um, thanks for the, thanks for the comments and everything, man. I really yeah, appreciated that. But um, yeah, it's been pretty good. I've kind of just been heads down trying to make some extra cash, get some dry powder coming for whatever, whatever's coming next. And uh, <laughs> Molly and I will actually be moving out to Denver soon. Uh, so we're kind of just consolidating everything. Um, and yeah, man, I'm just ready to get out West. I'm so ready. You're going to come to East Denver next year? I actually probably will. Good. Um, it's fine. I, I probably will. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, if fun, conferences yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I imagine that since I'll be in the area, um, if I'm still doing journalism, it, it will, you know, someone will want me to cover it. So mm-hmm. uh, I've never actually been to an Ethereum conference, so I'd be interested. East Denver is the fucking Ethereum conference to go to. Yeah, East Denver it, is awesome. Ethereum's got a huge Denver presence, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, we are really strong in Denver. I don't know where that came from. But yeah, CK, things have been good, man. Um, yeah, just kind of heads down, trying to work, uh, always looking for opportunities, doing some content writing on the side for some companies. So it's been good, man. Cool. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, maybe we should do a, a regular show, and we can call it uh, "David Teaches Colin About DeFi." <laughs> I enjoyed the I enjoyed the lesson. Do that one, one um, once a month, and then uh, we'll see if if uh, who convinces who on what. I've been trying to yeah, convince I'm him on that it's a bad idea for a while. <laughs> I don't know if I've gotten any if I've gotten anywhere there. Have you convinced nope. him to, to to up his Bitcoin stack? No, it's gotten lower, actually. Oh, it's dude, about as slow David. as it gets at this point. David. <laughs> David, David. Okay, so like, this is what I tell pain. people. It's like, if, I want, if I wanted to get more Bitcoin, I would, do, I would still do exactly what I'm doing right now, which is go no. long ETH BTC. Oh, no, you're losing Bitcoin holding <laughs> Ether, dude. You're losing Bitcoin. Oh, you got ahead. The ETH BTC chart looks so fucking good. Yeah, as in it's so fucking down that it has to go up at some point. <laughs> so what what are we making I mean, these two- charts right now? Like nine thousand two twenty. It feels to me like uh, Bitcoin's going to probably I'm actually dump. prepared that we actually take a take a little bit of a dump. Yeah, no, Bitcoin's either Bitcoin's either about to do some crazy a thousand dollar candle, or it's just like upwards, or it's just going to absolutely shit the bed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and- I'm fucking tired of this stability. <laughs> It, I don't it, want it, Ether to be a goddamn stable coin. This is yeah, so that, fucking boring. It, it, no it's going to shit the bed and equities are going to keep going up and then all the fucking old people are going to be like, hey. 
<laughs> Dude, if Bitcoin hits the bed, equities are going to be riot in tow. It's gonna yeah. be, you think it's a leading it's indicator? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I think that if Black Thursday showed us anything, it's that like, okay, if Bitcoin and traditional markets are correlated, then that means like, yeah, when Bitcoin tanks hard, that means something else is tanking hard too because people are trying to get cash. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, I would love to say, yeah, like we shook out all of the finance hands and all of the like, you know, all of the intersections between Bitcoin holders and like Wall Street and like none of those people are going to be liquidating when they need cash. Like that's probably not true. Um, but uh, but I could be wrong. Who knows? Maybe Bitcoin just rips from here. Mm-hmm. Probably not. But we'll see what happens. And we got we got to talk about the COVID charts too, right? So like hitting all time highs in daily new COVID cases. Yeah. However, deaths continue to decline. Um, it sounds like we're about to like just reach absolute escape velocity with being able to manage this virus. And it sounds like everyone's about to fucking get it over the next like two to three months. It's it's like the it's cats out of the bag with COVID, and it's going. We're going to see like to what degree. Like, are we actually able to treat this thing and can we keep the hospitals at bay because that if we can't i bet you that is just that we see another big fucking big red candle in in the s&p and then in bitcoin Wait, so and Ether quick as well. question Do, are, are you mm-hmm. saying that you think that deaths are going to follow new cases so far they haven't however like we have a little bit of a buffer in the sense that like hospitals weren't totally overwhelmed so they can absorb them and also, maybe straight up, just it doesn't even matter. Deaths are just on the decline, regardless. Um, like well, there's the also kind of lagging, right? Like it's also lagging, but yeah, it's been yeah, lagging yeah. for a while. Like we've had this, we've had this spike okay. for like two weeks now. So well, like it's time, it's time to st- start seeing that deaths chart like be start going on the rise, or we can just assume that like all right, we we now know how to treat COVID, and it's just not that deadly anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I think that the cases metric can be manipulated and even the death case metric can be manipulated but i think it's less manipulatable so mm-hmm. i just prefer to look at that but we'll see like if if the mm-hmm. cases really do lead to more deaths we'll see even still they like if the news reported something to us like how would we know the, any different honestly so there's like dude, a meta yeah. level there is like me well media disinformation is not necessarily reaching critical mass but i think like the public's understanding that it's there is starting like, you know, people like, I don't know, your normies are starting to wake up to the fact that, yeah, like your, your media outlets have interests and they're probably lying to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Working in media, especially gets you to see the way stories are framed. Like, I don't know. You also, you got to remember behind every story is a journalist looking to get paid Mm -hmm. behind every story is an editor also looking to get paid. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of the stuff that gets written nowadays doesn't even need airtime, quite frankly. Right. But that, that's a whole other, that's a whole other thing for another time. One thing I do want to say, quick reactions to Kanye's bid go. Classic. Dude. Uh, the, the beginning Classic. of many celebrity bids for president. Yeah. Dude. It's a, just a complete delegitimization of the office of presidency as if it wasn't already delegitimized to yeah. begin with. Well, I think that's the thing, like you said, like what you're kind of pointing at there is like Trump opened the door for this. It's like, right. once you have like two pay man, like, like, you know, I mean, once you, uh, once, you see you know, Elon Musk him, saying, they, Hey, I can do it too. Kanye. 
Yeah. You lead the yeah. charge because I'm not well, making what's, it, what's his fucking face? Uh, Brock, Brock Pierce? Or who's the crypto guy? That's, yeah, Brock that's Pierce. I saw that. Is that serious? Yeah, it's, it's, it looks like it. Oh, gosh. That's completely delegitimate. Imagine being Joe Biden right now, who's like actually trying to like, is an establishment candidate, comes from politics, and like fucking Brock Pierce. Imagine is being the Democratic Party. Sorry? Imagine being the Democratic Party. Imagine being the Republican Party. You know, I, I, I don't know the who whole it's thing. The whole country is it, a farce. I, I feel like the Democratic Party is in way dire, way more dire straits. Although I don't yeah. think either are in great position. In, yeah, I agree. I guess they are in the sense that they really need to be able to beat Trump this time to salvage any sort of legitimacy. But I guess yeah. my point is like, like the, the the Republican Party since 2016 has had a lunatic point a gun to its head, and it's basically doing what the lunatic says, mm-hmm. like step by step the entire mm-hmm. time. But like you said, you know, they're they're both just like, what do you even do at this point, man? Right. I mean, that's why the Kanye bit, it's like you can't even... Bitcoin. Yeah, that literally, that's, that's the true. only thing. Um, well, anyway, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate uh, the round two and y'all's patience with the fall, uh, falling through last week. <laughs> no um, worries. No worries. Ha- happy to do it again. Hopefully, I'll be a little more educated on, <laughs> on the DeFi applications. But I appreciate the lesson, David. I learned a lot today. Oh, great. Glad to hear it. That's what I'm here for. Thanks for coming on. Um, sure. Where can people find you, dude? They can find me at As I Lay Hodling on Twitter. And uh, yeah, you can find my work on Decrypt or Forbes Crypto. And yeah, just find me on Twitter, shitposting. Cool. You can find the show at POV CryptoPod. You can find me at CK underscore Snarks. David. You can find me, uh, Trustless Date, both on Twitter and on Bankless, and shortly in the Overwatch competitive queue. <laughs> Seriously? Are you Trustless oh, Date yeah. on Overwatch? No, I'm, I'm, I'm something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Well, hey, extra bonus points if you find David on the on Overwatch. Yeah, my name's not David or Trustless Date, so good luck. <laughs> all right. All right. Bye, everyone. Jesus. Will you just see-